The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test. Embark on a journey into a gripping narrative where intrigue, secrets, and unexpected twists await at every turn. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s whilst uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder. Rediscover the magic of June's childhood as you roam the vast estate filled with secrets and memories waiting to be uncovered. Gather compelling evidence and decipher clues, immersing yourself in a captivating world of discovery that will keep you hooked until the very end. Compete with friends and other players to see who can solve cases the fastest or achieve the highest scores. Are you ready to jump back in time, detectives? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Discover the secrets of the past. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) (laughs) Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? So usually in about a minute or so, Richard Davenport joins us. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes because we do have a special announcement that we want to get to. And this is not, you know how sometimes you hear on sports radio or television or any medium that you consume and they say this is a special announcement, ends up being a load of crap. It sucks. It doesn't live up to the hype. This actually, if it doesn't live up to the hype, you can blame Tommy because he's hyped this up. Or you can blame the guy that we're about to talk about because he's not delivering, which I think he's going to, I hope, for his sake. But we'll tell you in just a sec. I'm not sure how I would grade that setup right there. but It's a great setup. I'm not I'm, great wouldn't be the word I'd use. Hey, save big on fiberglass in-ground pools at Burton Pools and Spas during the inventory reduction sale. It's underway right now. You can save up to $7,000 on fiberglass in-ground pools. I was by the Springdale store yesterday. You see it when you're driving by there on 49. A huge selection of these that you can pick from. In fact, six different ones to choose from. And right now, not only do you save the $7,000, plus you get a free salt generator or two ledge loungers as well. So you can choose uh, which upgrade you want, six models to choose from, and save the money during the inventory reduction sale. It's all at Burton Pools and Spas in Springdale and in Fort Smith and online at BurtonPools.com. Burton Pools and Spas, they are your source for backyard fun. So real quick before we do this, Hutch Andrew Hutchinson just texted me and he said his two-year-old when you did the Gaston's read before you finished it, I'm not kidding. He texted me this. He said, my two-year-old just said every time during Tommy's usual on pause. Now, if that isn't indoctrinating the youth the right way, I don't know what you, is. You would be, you wouldn't be because you hear it when we're, we're that, that of all the things we do, some more meaningful than others. I hear that more about 
fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, parent and child in the car. Oh, yeah. And they plan their morning around trying to guess how long the pause will be. Yeah, they. So. My one of my friends and his <laughs> daughters, He he. the first time I met him, Cod's telling me, you know what, I the only the only reason we started listening to this show is to hear the Gastons read and him and <laughs> Madison, his daughter, would be in the car at exactly seven thirty seven or seven thirty eight, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to hear that said read. All right, like so the you, benchmark of the morning. Yes. So uh, hopefully we can provide a little more entertainment and a little more information um, than than just a a uh, intentional pause to uh, to highlight your morning. Yes, this will be that. Now, I asked you in the break, did you watch Pokemon at any point with your kids? Taylor, my oldest, who's you know now married and and working her way off the payroll. Uh, <laughs> working her, she's married. What do you mean she's working her way off the She's pretty well getting there now. But, uh, um, yeah, she was in... I don't, I don't remember either of my younger ones in Pokemon stuff that I remember. Okay. There, were, there were cards, if I remember. There was a show... Yes. Yes, you're, you're two for two. Um, it was about a, about as irritating and annoying a okay. uh, uh, a creative thought as I've seen. Yeah. So during the breaks, yeah, they would put out What's a the Pokemon Go game too, where you have the phone and you know that. Now that came that was pretty popular about yeah, what a couple years ago. Five or, I mean, yeah, my wife even got into that this year. Like really? people were walking off the edges of cliffs looking for these Pokemon, Pokemon. Go. I mean, what are okay. you people doing? Well, during the break, Tommy, they would have this game. That would say, who's that Pokemon? Who's that Pokemon? And it would have a picture and a question mark of someone that you couldn't necessarily tell what it is. It's like the outline figure mm-hmm. of a certain Pokemon or whatever. So we put out... Was this pic- like a Blue's Clue? Yes, kind of. So it wasn't... <laughs> if you if you watch the show, it wasn't that hard for the most part to tell. And if you listen to sports or watch sports in this state, it's not that hard to go to our social media pages and determine this who's that Pokemon that we're going to hire at this point. So all from that... I'm, I, we're going to have to work on your setup ability and your analogy. That that is not exactly the analogy I. Would what analogy thought. do you want? Well, I, I think I think I think you'll reflect back on this on, on this on this setup, and you'll say this probably deserved maybe something a little different than a Pokemon. From what I'm he's getting ready the most to, pow- to share with our audience, mute, our dearest mute. and dearest. He's mute. You don't know what Mew is. Mew is the most powerful. And neither Pokemon. does anyone listening. <laughs> He's also no. He'd be more of a Pikachu. He's Everybody a Pikachu. loves Pikachu. God, no. Everybody, Everybody loves, Pikachu. loves this guy. Everybody loves Pikachu. Oh. And he's going to give us a good lesson when he joins because he's about how this terrible this setup. Is. Maybe I need to announce y'all's retirement. Who's That's what... that Pokemon. <laughs> Did you already hit send on that? We're getting text. So. Who's that Pokemon? You guys cannot follow instructions at all. <laughs> Terrible. F minus. Okay. Business, you're either moving forward or moving backwards. You're never standing still, right? There's always change, always evolving. Let me break out another cliche for you besides a Pokemon reference that none of us over the age of about 38 understand. So radio's always changing. The landscape's changing. We're always trying to find new and better ways to entertain and inform you every morning. And at halftime, and in the afternoons, and on the weekends, and really anytime you're listening to the radio, we want you to to listen more often. That's why we're proud to announce this morning that beginning next week, Arkansas radio legend Chuck Barrett is joining the ESPN Arkansas team in a full-time role. 
He's going to be with us on the morning rush every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He's going to be uh, making weekly stops on halftime and also on Ruskin and Zach. And we could not be happier uh, to welcome Chuck to our team. Uh, this has been a, uh, a conversation Chuck and I have had for, for several years, and uh, the time was just right. He's ready to get back on the air on a daily basis, and uh, he's going to join us tomorrow for a few minutes, and then Monday he's going to be with us uh, here in the studio, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, to, uh, to evolving and, and moving to the next, uh, to the next station here. Um, Clay's staying, staying around. He'll be on with us some. Clay's going to be on more with halftime moving forward. You're going to hear some, some new things uh, as we head into football season. And right now could not be a better time in the calendar year as we're heading into another great football season uh, to, make, uh, to make this happen for you, the listener. Because it's, it's always about you guys out there, you gals out there. So uh, that's our goal here, and that's what our team works hard on is to give you uh, – Better content, better entertainment, better information, and uh, couldn't be happier to welcome Chuck Barrett, radio legend in our state, to our team full-time beginning next week. All right, let's welcome in Richard Davenport this morning, talk a little recruiting. Richard, we are talking about Scott Fountain a little bit in our hog update. You got Reed Bauer now, who's a part of the, and I just forgot the name of the punter, Ray Guy Award, and then Lou Groza for... Cam Little. And I know special teams was heavily criticized in the Chad Morris era and initial year one under Sam Pittman. It took a much bigger step in year two. I mean, how big has special teams recruiting been for this this staff so far, and how much do you think it's going to continue with Scott Fountain on staff? Uh, be honest with you, I haven't seen it like this uh, uh, since Scott Fountain's gotten on uh, got on uh, campus. I mean, matter of fact, uh, they have uh, the number six kicker in the country in the 24 class, Kyle uh, Limmerman uh, visiting on Saturday. It, it, you just see so many guys that are uh, nationally ranked, uh, like top five or top ten, visiting Arkansas, and oftentimes they, they they're able to get these guys to walk on. And 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 you have seen them obviously extend uh, scholarships uh, to, to kickers too. They put a premium on the special teams, and 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 I think that's a. That's a great thing because at Arkansas you may not be able to out talent everybody, but if you can win, you know, uh, you know, special teams that gives you an extra edge uh, to maybe winning that game against a, a team that maybe have a, a little bit more talent than you. But uh, he just he, he he relates well with the kids. He, he communicates with them on, on a consistent basis, and he, he he makes them feel important. And and a lot of times kickers kind of feel like that they're. Uh, you know, an afterthought, and that's not the case with Coach Fountain. I mean, you think back to the Mississippi State and LSU games where the Mississippi State kicker, what, missed three, was it three field goals, Tommy, mm-hmm. in that game, and then LSU where he kicks a game winner in overtime. Those are some of the plays that maybe in years past Arkansas wouldn't have made, but they did last year. And they've, remind me, Richard, who is the Australian punter that they just brought Max in? Fletcher. Max, Max Fletcher. Max Fletcher. I was going to mention him, yeah, because that's another kid. I mean, from what I understand, he can absolutely boom it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, see who runs out there as the punter uh, in the first game. Obviously, Bauer's done an excellent job, and uh, but uh, he's, he's got some competition with Max. And, and I've always thought I, it's not, it's not just an original thought. The more you uh, improve on special teams, the better your coverage teams are. That just 
Richard, it just points to your overall team depth. And the more you can look out there and not see frontline starters, guys on your, uh, your, the top line on your two deep out there, that means your football team's in a better state. Absolutely. Absolutely. Competition, that's, that's something that uh, maybe you, you haven't seen at Arkansas on a consistent basis uh, in quite some time. And, 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 and they even have it on special teams. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's truly. Truly uh, an impressive feat because, uh, you know, again, a lot of guys are, are usually, if they see a guy having success at, at, a, at, a, at a team, you know, whether kicker, punter, or whatever, uh, usually those uh, prospects at those particular two kicking positions uh, will kind of say, well, that guy seems to have it locked in. I'll, I'll go elsewhere. But uh, Scott Fountain's able to get guys to still come, uh, come visit and still uh, commit and, and be Razorbacks, even though, you know, one of the best. You know, so one of the best kickers in the country is on campus right now. And we were talking about practice starting at the end of next week. And with all the incoming freshmen, and I know we saw some of them in the spring, uh, who is one or two you th- you are expecting to read about, to write about, to hear about coming out of these first few practices that's going to turn some heads? So who's some of the inbound players and the, and the true freshmen that you think will you know maybe make a name for themselves a little bit in August? Two guys that I, I heard a lot, uh, uh, dur- uh, I heard a lot of uh, during the summer is uh, Jordan Crook, line- both the two linebackers. I've heard, heard some others, and I'll get to them. But Jordan Crook, linebacker, and Manny Powell, another linebacker, for, obviously from Fayetteville. Jordan Crook from from Duncanville, Texas. Heard uh, some really good things about both of them. I think that they'll, they're, they'll, I think they'll see the field this year. How much? I mean, I, I don't know. I think they may be able to spot uh, Bumper and Drew a little bit, uh, uh, give them a little bit more depth. But I, I think you'll definitely see them on special teams probably and then, uh, you know, in, in spot duty at linebacker. Uh, I tell you, Marion Harris, I, even mm-hmm. though he's a freshman offensive lineman, very few times do I ever, and I don't think you probably – I think I've said this many times, I don't ever you, – you, you just don't count on a freshman – uh, on the offensive line to, to contribute. I think he could contribute this year. Especially, I, I could see him being in, in some short yardage situations, maybe being in the backfield. Uh, I've, and no one's told me this, but, you know, in Georgia, at Georgia, they, they put, they put some big guys in the backfield on goal line situations or short yardage situations. I could see him lining up in the backfield and, and just being the lead blocker. And at three, you know, he, he came in around 370 or so. From what I understand, he's at 340 now, which is he obviously he's moving much better. So I definitely keep an eye on him as a as a guy that you know may not obviously start, but uh, he could definitely see some action this year. And if anyone watched a mall male football game, and there were a few guys that physically stood out on their on their roster, but if you watched that offensive line, Richard, he just mauled people um, in 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 mall male's season a year ago. Well, he's he's like some of those guys you see at Georgia or Alabama that are mm-hmm. so big that he can just lean on you. He doesn't, you know. I mean, obviously, and then, and then you throw in his natural strength and his athletic ability. Uh, hey, man! By the second quarter, you're 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 beat. Uh, can you imagine coming, uh, you know, in the second half and especially in fourth quarter? He is such a, a massive human being, and uh, and then you throw in he's such a great kid too. Uh, uh, I, you just pull for him. Yeah, and you you know, 
you'd love to have a, a sneak peek in practice or something when they go, you know, some of the, you know, some of these line drills and really go after him and Dalton Wagner in a matchup. That'd be a, a veteran guy that's what, 24 years old going up against a fresh. That would be a very good measuring stick for, for where his game is, is at coming in as a true freshman. If he could really compete in those kind of, uh, mano a mano drills with, with a guy like Wagner. I think he can, and I think I think we'll see him. I I, I could be wrong, but I, I I've I've been hearing so many good things about him, and and for him to go, I mean, for a big guy to go from three seventy to about three forty, you know, in a short period of time, it says something about him because a lot of times big guys that they struggle with their weight, but to lose thirty pounds by the time you know he he, he reported in January to now, it says that you know he's doing all of the things that necessary to become better and one of them is uh probably altering your diet a little bit and, and that's tough for big guys <laughs> tough for guys like me and you too hey uh oh, man, hey, man. speaking of, of of young players and freshmen we got a, a chance to watch basketball practice uh one of the rare opportunities we're invited into the practice facility to see the team is they're getting ready to uh, to go to europe and play in spain and italy uh in a 10-day tour over there and some preseason work uh you know everything that Nick Smith has, has been built up to be, hyped up to be. Uh, and I know it's one practice and an hour's worth of watching, but Richard, I got to tell you, he sure looked like he fit in pretty well yesterday. Yeah, he's he's just very smooth. It, it, it's it, it looks easy to him. Yeah, I mean when you're watching, it just looks easy when he's playing. And there's very few people, you know, guys that you say that about. Uh, there, there, I've seen a few, and I go, you know, it, it's it's almost like. Everybody else is playing in slow motion, and, and he's playing, you know, just in a different level as far as his athleticism. And, and also, he just understands the game very well, too, and that, and that accelerates his athleticism, too. He, 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 know, he, know, he knows when to go to the basket. He knows when to pull up. He, know, he knows to, to dish. He, 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 his basketball IQ is, uh, is very, very good. And, and, he, and he's so dedicated to the game, and he's such a competitor, such a competitor. Yeah, I think this could be an interesting team with a good mix of those young freshman players um, led by Nick, and then, you know, the veteran players. And you don't have a lot of returning players with just two, but, you, you know, I think this is going to be a neat mix, and it'll be interesting to see who kind of makes that first cut of 10, and then come January, who's been that, you know, eight or so player rotation. Uh, I know you didn't get to make it up yesterday, but I know you watched the videos and listened to us. What stood out to you about uh, yesterday's uh, sneak peek behind uh, the curtain at Razorback Basketball? I, I think I think, I think did did you, did you get I mean with Muss do you get the feeling that he he's 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 pretty giddy uh, he, he's just like yeah. yeah he's not gonna come out and say it he knows they're pretty he good almost, he knows they're pretty yeah good, yeah he, yeah and I, I just seeing the uh, seeing the uh, press conference with him I, I was just like okay he you know and, and I think we've known all along that this team was gonna has a chance to be pretty special. Uh, but I, I, all the pieces are there, and it'd be interesting if he go goes beyond the seven or eight. Uh, he, history says he won't, but it'd be interesting to see if he does because he has so many different pieces that uh, you know can contribute. And, uh, I, and obviously, at crunch time, I think that probably will, you know last ten fifteen minutes, you're probably probably going to see uh, the same guys on the floor pretty much, but. I think uh, maybe in the first half of a lot of games, you may see a little bit more of a rotation. 
could be wrong. I, no, I think I think you're right. I think you'll see 10 players play particularly early in the year, and you may see eight at a time come conference, but it may be a different kind of set of eight um, each and every night. Richard, good stuff. We'll pick it up next Thursday with you. All right, guys. We'll see you, man. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. EAV to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening happening all the time on pristineauction.com and they have just about every player you could want including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com slash register today. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! Tommy, you were talking about NFL Network Scott Hansen mm-hmm. and Smack Daddy's favorite phrase during red zone is seven hours of commercial free football starts now. That you're paying for. Yeah, that's your, <laughs> that you're paying a premium that's for. That you are paying for. So I uh, also got a text in here from uh, to our quarterback conversation from Robert in Nashville. You don't hear of many two pro quarterbacks, though, getting their vehicle burnt because of a bad game, referencing Brandon Allen getting his truck burned down back in the day. But was that before a bad game? I don't think I don't we ever. Know. I don't think they ever got to the bottom of that. And okay. I don't believe that. I don't think that was really anything tied to his player performance okay. at Arkansas. But. Anthony, as we welcome in Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus, into the program. I don't know if you heard about that story, but when Brandon Allen, former Arkansas quarterback, was asked about his truck getting burned down, his response was, "Yeah, when it's it stunk, my golf clubs in there." <laughs> so, if your car was burned down, if you found out that someone intentionally burned down your car, what would your reaction be? I don't know. I'm honestly taken away by the story. I need to know more about it. Um, if my golf clubs were in there, I'd probably be a little bit more upset. But um, no, I would be. Yeah, I don't even know what my reaction would be. I, I guess <laughs> yeah, just like I am now, shocked. My, my reaction right now would be, my God, I had a full tank of gas. <laughs> that would be my reaction today. Just filled up yesterday. <laughs> like, oh, it just filled up. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, that was something that. <laughs> 
he uh, it was frustrated about. And Brandon Anthony Brandon was a guy that I don't know got the credit he deserved, especially in 2015 when he put up some pretty prolific numbers. He was in a tough situation. Uh, his first start was against, if I remember correctly, Alabama in 2012 after Tyler Wilson got a concussion. They just got throttled in that game. He slowly progressed. He was in a new coaching staff under Brett Bielema and stuff. K.J. Jefferson in a, kind of a similar situation, no-win situation with Chad Morris, starts to have a little success uh, under Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman. You've got him at 26 right now in your rankings. What does KJ, in your mind, have to do this season to improve his overall college quarterback stock? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for KJ this year just to start. I mean, they, Arkansas has got an absolute gauntlet of a schedule, and if things go south, hopefully they don't. If they do, hopefully his car doesn't get hurt down, but... <laughs> Um, no, KJ, I think last year he showed he checked all the boxes, right? I mean, he did everything you kind of wanted at the quarterback position. And, you know, I, the biggest thing, too, is with this offense is that it, he's pretty protected in it, right? You're not getting a lot of pure passing concepts. Um, it's pretty quarterback friendly, but, again, he carried it out as designed. And he showed he could make an impact with his unique skill set and a massive frame that designed run game there. So I think, honestly, the biggest thing is just, you know, if they Arkansas does get down, then that's when those pure passing concepts are going to come out, and that's when he's going to have to probably do a little bit more. And that's where we kind of want to see some growth from him from this season. So, I mean, sitting right there at number twenty six is I would kind of classify this like that quarterback ranking, and I put out a top fifty over at pff.com. I think the top four are pretty. You know, I think they're different in a good way compared to everybody else. And then I think you go from five to you know, maybe 30-something, and I think you probably could argue any of those guys deserve to be in any of those slots, right? I mean, it's kind of splitting hairs, what you kind of prefer, you know, at the quarterback position. But, you know, honestly, that's probably the biggest thing with KJ. Um, but, you know, last year he did take a massive step forward. So if he can just show, you know, if our club does kind of need him to put the team on his back, and they're going to need to do that this year at times, just given their schedule. And, you know, he did a good job of it last year, but – getting to that next level, that elite level play um, in those situations is kind of the difference there. How do you think his game translates, you know, when you got to see him at the end of last year uh, to the next level in the NFL? I mean, uh, you know, NFL teams don't like to, to design a lot of runs for the quarterback because they pay him so much, but that's the core of KJ's game. And uh, how does his game translate now and what has to change this year uh, in regards? You mentioned the passing stuff. What, what about it translates now and what has to change for him to be, um, you know, selecting the first few rounds of the NFL draft at some point? Yeah, you know, KJ, he kind of has that skill set that makes a very good college quarterback, but that's when the pro projection gets a little tricky. And mm -hmm. honestly, what I just mentioned a minute ago about being in that quarterback friendly offense, that's probably the biggest thing to his, uh, it's hurting him a little bit. Um, I mean, and I remember this past cycle, I talked to multiple NFL coaches that, you know, they were pretty upset with just the way some of these college offenses ran because, you know, in last year's draft class, you had Matt Corral at Ole Miss, Sam Howell at UNC, and it was difficult for a lot of these guys to get a good evaluation of them because they weren't asked to do a whole lot, right? They didn't have those NFL complex reads there. Um, and that kind of hurts KJ being in this offense that, you know, doesn't necessarily have that. It's a little bit friendlier there. makes for possibly an efficient passing offense at the collegiate level, but it doesn't necessarily help him, you know, show that he can be a, you know, franchise quarterback at the next level. So, I mean, it's that. I think also he could probably just speed up his play style a little bit. And is that going to happen? Probably not. That's just kind of the quarterback 
he is. And, you know, that's fine. But, you know, honestly, they would probably like to see that just a little bit quicker. Um, and like you said, when your your biggest trump card is your, uh, you know, just what you can do in the designed run game at the quarterback position, um, unless you're someone like, you know, Lamar, who's just a, a freak in that sense, it does kind of hurt you a little bit. It can be a, just an added bonus, but if that's what you're probably relying on to get to that higher ranking, um, that's where you can probably get hurt. So that's where I kind of go back to what I mentioned a minute ago, just about showing that, you know, he can handle, you know, some a little bit more on his plate. That's the biggest thing for him and kind of improving his draft stock. And kind of remind you, talking about going from one level to the next and the style of plays, it reminds me, Bobby Petrino was at Arkansas, made this comment. I've heard other coaches in the college game at that time make the comment of their frustration with high school offenses and quarterbacks never under center. So they come to to the college level and you need to take a snap under center. It's something they may not have done in several years or maybe ever in their career. So I think there's probably a similarity in that kind of frustration you're talking about with the uh, with the NFL coaches. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like a prime example of that, we're going to see Cam Ward over at Washington State. And he came, he came over from Incarnate Word after a couple of years. And the big reason why he's at Incarnate Word at the first place is because his high school offense ran was a wing key. He didn't do it. He did not know how to play quarterback when he went to Incarnate Word. Uh, he had to learn everything, right? I mean, he never took, he never hit, he never ran a play action fake in his life until he showed up to college at Incarnate Word. Um, but he showed the, the tools that at least got him the scholarship there. And now he's at Washington State. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing there. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just going to kind of remain in that way. I don't think we're going to see, you know, just kind of everything stay the same. Honestly, if it does, football's going to get a little bit boring. So it's a good and a bad thing, um, just kind of depending which one you look at it from. Anthony Tresh with us this morning, Pro Football Focus. One of the more intriguing games on Arkansas schedule that not a lot of people are talking about is South Carolina Week 2. Spencer Rattler coming over from Oklahoma after losing the job to Caleb Williams. Put up really good numbers. You are really high on Spencer Rattler. Why do you think he's going to have success this year in Columbia? Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I've never seen anything like that, like the whole situation with Spencer Rattler just the rise and the fall so quickly within a couple of months span. Um, you know, I, it was interesting last year. Well, I'll start with 2020. I mean, that year he was one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Um, you know, he was one of the highest graded ones. He's still our highest graded quarterback in our database going back to 2020. Um, as a matter of fact, and that year you saw kind of the, the typical, you know, young inexperienced quarterback mistakes and that just the, the willingness to play outside of the structure of the offense, just a little bit too much reliant on that, um, inviting in pressure, holding on to the ball too long, just ignoring the check down, doesn't want to take what the defense is handing him and wants to go from the home run downfield. And that's typical. But, you know, with his arm talent, he still found a way to make a ton of special throws and it eventually led Oklahoma to the Big 12 championship game, right? I mean, the, Oklahoma didn't win the Big 12 that year because everybody else outside of Spencer Adler was awesome. I mean, they had a good team, but that was because of Spencer Rattler. And last year, that stretch where he didn't really put up the numbers that a lot of people were expecting to see from him, the Heisman favorite, the preseason favorite to be the number one overall pick, um, closer games than expected. And you look at the play calling, and you could kind of see the lack of trust there. So I wasn't too surprised to see him get benched just because you saw those downfield opportunities just kind of you know get taken away slowly but surely. Um, as those first, uh, first month kind of went along there, you know, with him, he's still one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football. I think in this offense at South Carolina, a more pro style offense, I think he's really going to excel there. 
Um, you know, the offensive line's a little shaky, but with his, I would say one of his greatest strengths, just, you know, you know, running and, um, throwing outside the pocket, like I said, creating off structure. Um, that's the biggest thing. But again, the biggest thing you want to see him clean up is just not getting too reliant on that and wanting to be kind of the playmaker on a play to play basis. But, you know, like I said, he's still at the top of pretty much every metric we have here at PFF over the last couple of seasons. And if he's starting, if he was at, you know, 127 other FBS programs last year, he's a starter from start to end. And we're talking about a completely different situation. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the narratives that people think he, he's not as good, he's not a good quarterback, just stems from the, the personality rumors, the Netflix documentary, right? Um, but, you know, again, he's still very much one of the best quarterbacks in college football. There's a reason why everybody thought he was going to win the Heisman last year and be the number one overall pick. That player didn't really leave him. He, he didn't play up to snuff for the first few games. He still played pretty good in our in our metrics, he actually had the lowest negatively graded throw rate in college football last year, which a lot of people wouldn't believe. And I challenge anybody to go back and watch every throw, and you will see that. I mean, it's just a rough start in that two-lane game when all the eyes are on you. First play, or what was the second throw, first throw, interception. Right? And it was a classic Spencer Rattler mistake. Um, but, you know, he still kind of fixed that. And also, you know, he was just a little bit more willing there with Lincoln Riley. But, again, yeah, the lease was short, and you can't create those explosive plays downfield because – the opportunities aren't necessarily there, then you're probably going to look in another direction there. And again, Caleb Williams that replaced him. I mean, that's a top three quarterback, I think too. I mean, he's still one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football. So I think Spencer Rattler is going to succeed at South Carolina. It's just kind of like how much um, will he get there? I think his receiving core is very much underrated. I mean, Austin Stogner, more traditional tight end, but Jaheim Bell, a versatile weapon. I'm assisted as tight end, and then you have Josh Mann returning. You have Juice Wells, the James Madison transfer, who was one of the five most valuable um, players in the at the FCS level over the last couple of years. Um, Corey Rucker coming over from Arc State. I mean, he he has a ton of weapons there to dispose of the defense in good shape. So, I think South Carolina's. I mean, we're, he, they're not going to contend by any means, but they could play spoiler to some of those teams that have a lot of high expectations, and Arkansas could be one of them. So. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting, and, and that's like the when I first saw when went over all the schedules, that was the game. The first few weeks, I was like, that's the one I'm looking for because I think we're going to find out a lot about really both of these teams. Anthony, we'll leave it there this morning. We appreciate your time, your insight from Pro Football Focus. Enjoy college football this season. Thirty-seven days out from Razorback football, we're even closer to Week Zero, and we hope you enjoy this upcoming fall, man. Yeah, can't wait. Thank you, guys. Right, good stuff from Anthony Tresh. We'll react to that. I'll tell you about practice yesterday coming up in just a sec. Hey, brought to you by WT Equipment this morning. Eight locations across Arkansas and North Louisiana, and they're now open and, and, and really getting settled into the new location in Springdale on the east side of I-49 between the Don Tyson and the Johnson exits. If you get off at the Don Tyson exits, turn right at the uh, the Casey's. You go down there on 48th Street a little ways, you'll see the entrance to uh, to WT Equipment. Great place to find everything you need to finish up. Uh, I bet you're not getting a lot of hay this summer, but maybe if you're putting up a little bit, you've been the lucky one to get a little bit of rain. Uh, maybe you're already thinking about fall harvest, and hopefully you've, you've got some things uh, uh, working there. They've got everything you need. Compact track loaders, excavators on the construction side. They have that as well, and they've got eight locations that always have a great inventory to select from, whether it's new or the pre-owned inventory. So when you're ready to invest in a new tractor or other agricultural equipment, stop by WT Equipment. You'll find 
them in Springdale and eight locations across our regional nine at WTEquip.com. So a lot of things were said there before we get to the basketball practice. Tommy, he talked about just his willingness to in, uh, go on a limb for Spence Rattler, who by no means had a bad season last year for Oklahoma. Caleb just ended up being the, the better solution for Lincoln Riley and company. But that, I mean, you think about the quarterbacks that Arkansas has to face, him, Bryce Young, you've got questions at LSU, questions at Texas A&M, questions at Ole Miss, but that doesn't mean those questions can't be answered and you're going to have a tough time with some of those. Yeah, South Carolina is a program that's trending in the right direction. Shane Beamer has... You know, probably as much energy around that program since, what, Spurrier's been there? I mean, um, it's not to that level yet, but they're not winning 10 games, but it's a new East with with Georgia kind of back on top. And But there's room because Florida's not great. Tennessee's got a lot of trouble around their program right now, even though they've recruited well, and they seem to be trending. I don't know what all these allegations and, and NCAA issues are going to, um, what kind of effect that's going to have on their year. I think there's a place for South Carolina to kind of sneak in and continue to work up while Florida's still trying to re- rebuild. We'll see what Billy Napier does in year one. Why can't South Carolina be the second or third place team? Kentucky thinks they can be. South Carolina can probably sneak right in there as well. So I think they could be um, a team that causes some problems. And crossover games are a place that you're going to measure them quickly. And how they play against Arkansas is going to give you an idea how good South Carolina will be. Yep, and that's uh, going to be a really good, intriguing Week 2 game. My, mm-hmm. my, a few more people might be watching Texas and Alabama, but my guess is the Arkansas-South Carolina game is a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a great measuring stick uh, you know, for for how you're going to be, and face it, if you're going to win nine games, you got to start out three and zero. That's a game you got to have if you're going to get to nine wins. All right. So basketball practice yesterday, we were talking a little bit about the admiration that both Eric Musselman and Nick Smith Jr. shared for Devontae Davis. Here was Nick initially on Diva. You got to remember these guys grew up together. They competed against each other, and here is what the number one recruit in the country said about his friend since about five or six years old. Devo's my brother. We've been connected ever since we was five, six years old. A lot of people don't really see that, but me and Devo are extremely close. You know, I talk to Devo each and every day, you know, some stuff. I probably don't want to say, you know, to other people, but I can go talk to him about it. You know, he also been here. That was one of the reasons why I came here, because I knew that, you know, I knew I had a the brother to lean on, especially when stuff get bad. And talk to, you know, Devo is a, you know, like I said, a brother, brother of mine. You know, we grew up playing against each other. You know, ever since we was young, he been beating me up, so he, he can't really beat me up no more. So he's been beating up ever since we were young it's it's when when guys are in high school or middle school together and you got a guy that's one two even three years older and then the other one matures and progresses you sometimes have that and and Devo is a four-star coming out of Jacksonville Nick a five-star coming out from in Sylvan Hills first and now North Little Rock and here's two guys that and you mentioned Devontae's role whether it's a bunch of playing time or just being that leader I don't know how this this starting lineup's going to shake out. I don't know if Muss is going to expand his rotation. We've seen it shrink down to about seven, sometimes eight guys at any given point, especially around the NCAA tournament. What I do know is Devo's going to be an important piece, whether he plays a lot of minutes or not. Yeah, I, I think uh, there will be games he starts, and I think early in the year, I think he, he may start more games. I think matchups as you move through the SEC may change that. I was talking with someone who uh, who watched practice yesterday and has seen a few more practices than than the one we've gotten to see, and they kind of had the opinion that you may see 10, 10 or so guys play early. There's going to be a few guys that, that just aren't there yet. 
and then that rotation may shrink. But that eight for a game at uh, you know at, at LSU may be a different eight for a game at Ole Miss or a different eight you know based out of that ten because of matchups. Because uh, you know we've seen Must do that from time to time. We saw it you know on a a smaller scale maybe with Vanover starting certain games. Now his role diminished as the season moved on, but there were times where the opponent had a bigger player and and he got a few more minutes or got a few more looks or started the game. He wasn't in there just to get the tip. And uh, but you've got you've got better depth, you've got better size, you've got better athleticism uh, with your bigs this year, and uh, I think that's going to be interesting to see how that rotation works out when you get to January. And flexibility is going to be something that Eric Musselman has. He can go big or go small. And when I say go small, yes, you're going small in terms of a traditional lineup, but your smallest player right now is Devonte Davis at six four. Yeah, I don't know if Auerbach is a little bit. So I'm not counting him since he's a walk on. But Devo is your smallest guy. I'm running through this in my head real quick. At four. six four, it's Darian Ford because he had much bigger he's, than he's that. He's about six three, six four. Yeah. He's about in that range. So if you want to say maybe Darian at six three, six four. So there, I mean, they look very similar. Both lefties, uh, Darian out of Magnolia, Devo out of Jacksonville, and they play very similar. Are willing to get to the rack, have a pull up jumper. I know that I was watching. Darian was frustrated with himself yesterday. He missed a few shots, got a, a turnover too. We. We can't make too much, as we said, to start the show this morning out of one practice. But I'm just appreciative that Eric allowed us to watch it. Like some coaches with the new, we don't want any involvement with media whatsoever. Must even after the press conference, it's like, Mike, can I stay with these guys a little bit longer and talk a little bit more? Which he did for a little bit. So I was encouraged at some coaches. like, And there is pressure on this team. Make no mistake about it. When you have the number two recruiting class in the country, when you have the number one recruit, in the country, when you have gotten to the Elite Eight the past two years, Eric knows there's pressure. He absolutely does. But how this team reacts to it, especially when they hit a wall, how the freshman wall, which he mentioned yesterday, that's going to be a key to how these guys get out of it, especially when you have 11 new faces a part of this roster. You know, one thing that, you know, and this is just a minor detail, but but I think it probably has a, a, a much larger um motivational factor for this for this program up in the corner there in the eddie sutton practice gym is a is a banner that lists all the championships now there is no western there there was a couple up there for western division championships and stuff in the past when arkansas was was rolling but the divisions have been gone for a while i believe the last one on there if i'm remembering that because i'm just kind of talking here i didn't make a note on this it was 2000 for the sec tournament title you hadn't won the regular season. You hadn't won the conference tournament since then. Yeah, that's something they'd like to, to put a new one up there because you look over there, they got the Sweet 16s. They don't have banners for Elite 8s, but you got the last couple Sweet 16s that you've been to. That's you know something you like to win. And we talk about regular season stuff really not meaning much, and it doesn't in the grand scheme of things, but this is a team that's going to have a chance to put something on that championship banner. You hope it's the big one, but uh, you know this will be a team that could either win in Nashville or you know, possibly win you a regular season championship. They're going to be in the mix for, for that this year. That might be something. I didn't realize it had been, I guess, 22 years since you'd won some kind of conference or, or, or championship. Did you win the regular season in 94? I know you lost in the SEC championship in that great, I want to say, overtime or double overtime game in 95. Kentucky. Did you win the regular season in 94 or 95? I don't have to go back and look. I, I but, believe you did. Okay. they were, what, 32? 
32 and three. They didn't lose very many games that year. So I'd but Kentucky was at its, you know, its pinnacle as a program. They've had a lot of them, but that, that was about as good a time as Kentucky's had too. I think it's one of the special things in sports when the team from the previous year comes back in professional or college and they either distributed rings or the banner goes up. And I know that every young man or middle-aged man, depending on what sport you're playing in college or professional, wants to be a part of a ceremony like that. And you mentioning that, mm-hmm. being able to raise that you say, I was a part of a team that helped put that banner up inside of Bud Wall Arena. This team wants to be able to do that. Time will tell. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollar shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next with zero carbs coming to a liquor store near you in february the crowd's into they just threw him out of the game they just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ball game. I didn't want to play this clip from Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports, who is high on Jaden Hazelwood this year, as you should be. The former number one recruit high school-wise at the wide receiver position, coming over from Oklahoma, teaming up with his former high school coach, Jimmy Smith. It seems to be a match made in heaven, and Arkansas needs a wide receiver. They don't just need one. They need a couple. Here was Ivan's on what Jaden Hazelwood could bring to the table this year. How about Jaden Hazelwood, former five-star wide receiver? And I said I went class of 2021, class of 2020, and then class of 2019. I mean, Jaden Hazelwood's a guy that was at Oklahoma. He played at Oklahoma. He's going to wrap things up in Fayetteville. And I think this is a guy that could have a monster season. Obviously, Sam Pittman, uh, that offense, they want to ground and pound, uh, you know, but they still want to open it up. And, and we saw what Traylon Burks did last season. Obviously, he went in the first round of the NFL draft. And I think someone's going to have to step up. And 
And just looking at that roster, looking at the two deep, I don't think it's going to be Warren Thompson. You know, I remember Warren Thompson coming out of high school, but I also remember Jaden Hazelwood watching him at the opening finals, watching him at Miami's Paradise Camp. I think this is a dude, and he's got kind of a similar build to Mr. Burks, you know. So Andrew touches on a, a couple different things there, and I, I want to point to the fact that, Tommy, when Arkansas has such a strong running game, number one in the Power Five as they did last year, that opens up so many opportunities as a wide receiver. And Burks was the beneficiary of that last year. And don't get me wrong, he is an incredible football player and maybe the best ever to play at that position. But you're going to get some one-on-one coverages. The safety is going to have to be pulled down in the box because of the prowess of K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, Dominic Johnson, and A.J. Just about taking advantage of that man-to-man and sometimes bump and run. Yeah, and- you know, there's a couple wild cards there. You know, Warren Thompson, I thought was a good possession receiver because of his size last year and made some timely catches. Keetron uh, Jackson's a guy we've talked about a lot, being uh, taking his game to the next level. A guy we talked about earlier this week, uh, Malik Hornsby. Can he, you know, being kind of part-time quarterback, part-time wide receiver, full-time football player, what kind of role can he play? Can he be a top like three that. receiver for this football team? Can he be a top three pass catcher in either catchers or yards? Because to me, he's going to get his, his yards because of his speed if you can get the ball in his hands. He's a guy that I would think Kendall Browse is dialing up a lot of screen action behind the line of scrimmage, get some of these other bigger guys to block. And if he can find a crease, it may not go for a touchdown, but you just need to move the chains a lot of times. Seven or eight yards will do that. He can probably be a guy that can get you a lot of that. I was talking about the matchup situations with – so many defenses having to key in on Arkansas's running attack. Now they'll have to be keyed, keyed in on two quarterbacks on the field at any given point. Anything behind the line of scrimmage they need to be skeptical of. I think back to a play that stands out to me. We were talking about the kick six with Nick Saban yesterday, how he contemplated retirement. John Talty had that in his new book, 8L.com, that Nick Saban had his representatives reach out to ESPN, possibly moving on to the next phase of his life. And if you remember in that game, Alabama is up, I believe, 28-21. to 21. Nick Marshall takes a read option, and I can't think of the running back for Auburn. He fakes it to him. He rolls out, acts like he's going to run it. The quarterback for Bama comes up, and he throws it over the top. Arkansas has so many unique options. Go watch a Pulaski Academy football game and how they play. It's even more nutso with Anthony Lucas than it was when Kevin Kelly, which I didn't think was possible, but all the razzle-dazzle, all the stuff that they do. Now, do I think Arkansas is going to do that this year with Malik? Probably not, but you at least have an option, and the defenses have to be held back at a certain extent because they don't know what's going to happen when the ball's pitched, thrown behind the line of scrimmage to Malik Hornsby and what he can do with it. They they, they can't immediately attack mm-hmm. because he has the option and the ability to throw the football. Yeah, and he's fast enough. That's what I was talking about. Hit, hit a crease and you know, you'd love for it to go 60 or 70 to the house, but you just need to move the chains. You know, Keep yourself in second and third and short downs, short yardage downs. So that's where you know I think he could be the guy to help uh, move the box down the field and keep first downs going because uh, you know you got a great kicker if you stall out in the short in the red zone and you know that's where this team's really going to prove its worth is can you drive it in running the football behind that offensive line you mentioned the passing game you know you look at Trey Knox you look at the tight ends 
can, can they be enough of a weapon that a, that a linebacker uh, is going to have to occupy one of those guys and, and, and draw some attention there when, you've, when you're in that uh, personnel group where you still got the wide receivers to be responsible for. So tight end can be another key in all of this to just free up uh, one less defender on your wide receivers. We got a text in from Matt this morning. It says, how about the freshman wide receivers coming in? Sam and Bakke coming in from the South. It's either Georgia or Florida. I always forget. Isaiah Satania from Fayetteville High School. And then Quincy McAdoo from Clarendon. Those are the guys to keep an eye on. I think Satania is probably the best bet to have and play the most significant minutes, at least early on as a freshman. I don't know how much that's going to be. It's very difficult to adjust as a true freshman. But Arkansas has missed track speed from their group in quite some time. Arkansas has to get that back at the wide receiver group where you can just run a go or run a jet sweep and the guy's just gone. You're talking about Malik's speed. I've got a chance not to see in person, but watching Isaiah in high school, and I know there's a different level from 7A football in Arkansas to SEC speed, but here's a guy that I think's going to excel not only at Arkansas football down the road, but track as well. Who's the last really fast guy you had on offense? I mean, really fast. I, mean, I think you have to go back to Joe Adams. I, I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't buy the twenty. Who's the twenty thirteen Corliss Marshall? I don't buy that Corliss Marshall. Say it was Joe Adams. You got to go back ten years. I was going to say maybe, well, the handful of plays, and he you know, what, had five other, plays. Well, but boy, they were five good ones when he got loose. Though with Corliss, you can't deny his speed, but he he didn't have the impact you needed him to have. But Arca, it's but point point I was trying to make is you're right. It's Joe Adams. I was going to say Corliss Marshall, but it, that's been seven years ago. I mean, that was Belama era. I mean, so. You hadn't had a burner burn. I mean, I'd love to see if is Hornsby one of those guys fastest on the team, but does he break away, run away from everybody in the defense? We saw it once from Burks against Bama, but you know who's the guy that every defensive coordinator is worried about? Man, we get we get this guy loose, we're in big trouble. Arkansas, I don't still don't think has that that guy. You know, that's just blazing fast, beat you with speed. Yeah, and they you need it in the Southeastern Conference. You need that one dude. It was Jamison Williams for Alabama last year. It was Devontae Smith for Alabama years ago. LSU had two guys in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that would just, just run by you. And then if they needed to, if you were made a man with them, you actually stayed with them, they would just go up and get the football. Arkansas had a guy that was outstanding in so many areas in Traylon Burks and had that breakaway speed at times. But I'm talking about a dude that can catch a pitch on a second and eight and go 92 yards to the house like he did against Auburn in 2011. That's Joe Adams. Yeah, I had one since that guy. It's a great time to shop for jewelry. Our selection of inventory is wonderful, from very inexpensive boutique pieces to the finest diamonds and gemstones in the world. But now is such a cool time. No longer are you limited by one person's vision of beauty. We can make anything you can imagine. We can use your materials, or we can provide everything. You can see the finished jewelry as a 3D digital rendering before you even start the job. Start your journey of a lifetime with us at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
All right, Tom Murphy's going to join us in about five minutes or so. But before we get to Tom, I want to get into our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Apparently, it's both Chili Dog and Hamburger Day today. So if you have the choice, the selection, guys, are you going with a Chili Dog or a Hamburger? On this combined holiday. Well, first of all, we never eat a hamburger. We eat a cheeseburger. And that's the the, the difference in this. They have hamburger day so they can have cheeseburger day on another day, right? Correct. That's what it would seem like to me. But you you can't put cheese on this under the guidelines in this rule. So are you going... And you can't do cheese on the chili dog either. So are you going a plain hamburger? No. Are you going chili dog? I bet bet, cheese on the chili dog. Because it's it's not chili cheese dog day. It's chili dog day. Don't all chili dogs come with cheese on them? I've never seen one without it. Me I mean, either. Onions may be optional, but cheese is not I optional. I love onions on the hot dog, on the chili dog. I mean, I, when I grill burgers at the house, they all get cheese. If you don't like it, well, tough. You know, tough. Have a Quest bar. You know, have <laughs> a Quest bar. Have you ever actually met somebody who prefers hamburgers? You trust over anyone? I mean, unless you're like on some, you know, lactose intolerant mm. diet, unless you have some kind of dietary reason. But I mean, one, don't come to me and say, I'd really not like cheese on my burger. Just get the hell out of here, you I, know? I've developed somewhat of a, a lactose intolerance problem over the last couple of years. But one slice of cheese never no. bothered me, and it's never going to bother me. Yeah, speaking, you know what, I'm uh, uh, speaking of that, I, I do have to say this. So when we were in Atlanta last week, Drew and I shared a room, both had two beds, and I'm walking to the bathroom because my alarm goes off at 5. I get an extra hour of sleep over there. Arm goes off at five. I'm walking to the bathroom. I don't know what he ate the night before, but I swear his his sheets echoed and just. I thought the entire room just like like a bomb went off because yeah. Drew just exploded yeah. the entire room. I don't know what what cheese you ate last. He's night. He's giving you his opinion of of of, of I of guess you, of his but roommate. that that just ex- <laughs> exploded. But I can't. I mean, I listen when I'm when I eat a ton of cheese. I'm the same way. It just. Was thank it? you for my, sharing. My grandma is what better she for knowing says, it now. Like, thank you. Gassy or whatever. Well, what did she always story. say? Yeah. She's like, I'm. I'm I, I, I do have I a lot of people tell me you're full of it. So is that right? Yeah, so Matt says the cheese takes away from the taste of the meat. Matt, I don't know what kind of cheese you're putting on there, but Matt, baby, you got to have cheese on that burger. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't understand how you can have a burger without cheese on it. I mean, it's just that's standard. That's standard. Uh, standard operating well, procedure. Austin in Ozark said his father-in-law hates cheese, so yeah. he eats hamburgers. My dad, I will say this: you're talking about lactose intolerance. My dad and stepmom are by no means lactose intolerant, but they have been on this cheese diet for the last, I don't know, four or five months or whatever. They only eat like one pizza a month, and so like they order no cheese, cheese diet, yeah. correct? And they don't eat cheese on. Virtually anything. So they're probably off all dairy then. Yes, yeah. which is no milk. They eat eggs, probably they no eggs. Either. Almond milk. Was that the Play-Doh? I couldn't Play-Doh tell you what it is. One of them. So could not tell you. It's what one it of them is. where you don't eat a lot of dairy. And it's one of them where I don't it's think you keto. or I want to nah, nah, do it. Any I'll just point. be fat. So no thanks. Can't have cheese on even if you're not eating the bread. I want cheese on the on the patty. If I'm if I'm, if I'm going low carb. So okay. Charlie, do you eat cheese on your? Are you a cheeseburger guy? Or are you one of those weird hamburger guys? I'm still a cheeseburger, and it ain't even close. It's chili dog yeah. all day. In fact, it's not I mean, even it's a cheeseburger, funny. Charlie. It's a double cheeseburger, right, baby? Man. Oh man, Charlie, your connection's bad, buddy. Sorry about that. So. 
I, uh, I, th- I think most people would get a lot. So if it was a chili cheese dog or it was a cheeseburger, what would you go? I would actually go chili cheese dog at that point. I grew up. I would probably always go cheeseburger, but the quality of a hot dog and, and the quality of uh, versus the hamburger patty, hamburger's going to be better. It's going to taste better. I think if it's a foot-long chili cheese dog, I would probably know that. If it's just a regular one, I think that's a different. But like you, I'm more of a double cheeseburger yeah. guy myself. Yep. So I'll uh, I'll take the cheeseburger. But I guess it's hamburger day, so that sometime later in the year we can have cheeseburger day. Mississippi Slug Burger. That's what Dustin in Mansfield is telling us to look up. It's no cheese and a making burger. And I've had I'm, I've had hamburgers before, but if I had the option one or the other, I would go cheese like most you've never went out of your way to order a hamburger correct that's my point i mean if that's what someone's serving you you grin and bear it but i mean no one goes out of their way to i mean when's the last time you went through the the golden arches and just ordered a hamburger well there many people do that no. now ben and little rock says he'd have to go chili dog over the hamburger because he has to have cheese on his burger so yeah. he can't do it without it I'm with you, Ben. So I'm with you. All right, to the phones where Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports, is waiting. Tom, let's go to practice that we got a chance to watch yesterday. Your early impressions of probably the only, I, I hope I'm wrong, but maybe the only practice we'll get to see between now and the first game. Well, you never know. And how about the Tommy Craft sighting yesterday in Fayetteville? <laughs> you, it was a wonderful knew, thing. You knew it was a big event <laughs> if I rolled in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, – boy, you could tell that we've been um, a little bit, uh, I guess, starved of Razorback stuff because since Omaha, this is the first major get-together. And, boy, we were we were in full full attendance yesterday, it felt like. so. But, you know, my impressions were, A, it's – this is a this is a rigorous, very very physical practice that Eric Musselman conducts. It's a lot of up and down. Um, I love that Warriors drill where they go down, and if they're not like if the middle guy isn't running, uh, Musselman makes them do that thing again. And they ended up scoring 168 on one of the uh, three that we saw um, segments of the Warriors drill where. One guy runs down and makes a layup. That's one point. And then the two wing guys shoot threes. And to score 168 points in three minutes is, you know, you've got to have a great pace going. But um, I, I thought one of um, Anthony Black's comments in the post-practice to us was that um, sometimes it looks their defense looks so good that it makes their, their offense look a little off-stride. We saw bits of that yesterday. Um Nick Smith is going to be a really good basketball player. He had some perfect right-on-time feeds for dunks, mm-hmm. uh, one to Jordan Walsh and one to one of the Mitchell brothers. And then he had a move. I don't know if you guys remember this one. He had a, a double hesitation move. I can't remember who was defending him, but probably 16 feet out, he kind of feigned like he was going to drive and backed off. And all the while, he's moving forward. And then he feigned again. And so the defender is now thinking he's going to pass, and then he drove by him for a left-hand layup. So there's a lot of talent on this team. The battle for playing time is going to be really intense when they get in practice. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to get some designated minutes in Europe, um, but there's some guys on this team who are really talented athletes who um, are going to have to to deal with – reserve minutes. I think that was Ricky Council, if I remember that correctly, and you were talking about Anthony, what he said about the defense in the press conference, 
Nick Smith had some really positive things to say about the Wichita State transfer and said if anyone tries to block him this year, they're going to get baptized, which means they're, they're going to get dunked on pretty hard. Uh, this is a guy that is probably the most athletic guy on the team, as Justin Smith was two years ago. What were your impressions of Council yesterday, Tom? Oh, man, you, you can just tell. Just a really good athlete. Um, the guy is uh, six feet six. And so you think to Eric Musselman's first team, and by the way, they got a lot better as the season went on. They they did have a, a mid, mid-conference struggle, but they got better. And this is guys he, he inherited, and, and they're playing Adriel Bailey at center at 6'6". Six, six. And now you've got perimeter guys like Council, 6'6", six, six, Nick Smith, 6'5", um, uh, Anthony Black, who is, what is he listed at, 6'7". So it's just going to be... They're going to have linked three-point shooting ability um, and and big guys. I mean, and shot blockers. So, um, wow, this this is going to be the best assemblage of talent. And if they can push the right buttons, which they've shown they can do, a team that's built to make a run. Tom, what were your observations of the coaching? For, you know, and I know it's one practice, and we got to see about an hour's worth of drills and scrimmage. But it was it was Eric Musselman. You know, his voice was the most prominent, as you see, would suspect. Anthony Ruda and Gus Arginold seemed to be working the most with the teams, and a lot of supporting voices around the court. What was your observations on the way these guys were coached yesterday? From what we got to see, um, it's just it's it's constant it's nonstop, and you're hearing it like Ronnie Brewer over on the side mm-hmm. and all the rest of the auxiliary dudes are calling out stuff and and it's um it, it's full participation it's um it's it's a thing to behold uh the pace at which they play the physicality they play with so when they get in big conference games getting pushed and bumped and all that's not a big deal i mean they're used to it um and the coaches are very involved. I mean, during they were doing drills where after every stoppage of play, both teams met for a few seconds, and the coaches would run in and call whatever the next play is, defensive set or offense. And um, uh, um, must let them coach. Yeah. And it's it's just a thing to behold. Like the the um, and of course the air conditioning was off because they're getting ready to go to Europe. And these gyms are not going to be air conditioned, so there was a little bit of an element of, you know, it was warm, it was uh, high intensity. This is practice three, y'all. Uh, it's it shows you what an upper level D one program that carries a lot of traits of an NBA franchise looks like. Yeah, one of the other things I I noted any time there was. You know, communication from the head coach. He brought the the team just came together, circled up, locked arms. He was in the middle. There was a lot of eye contact. Um, there wasn't a lot of singling out. And I, I don't. You know, we we were there for one practice. I, I assume it's this way every time. But I thought it was interesting how they purposefully communicate uh, when he wants to deliver a message to the team. There's there was rarely, and there were a few instances of individual coaching sessions, if you will, for Musselman. But for the most part, when yeah. he had a message to deliver, they circled up. He gave his message. Practice continued. Man, these are all. It's 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 like. Body language mm-hmm. points and yeah. the, the way the way you communicate with people. Um, yep, uh, it's all it, it's all being done in a way that's it's, it's very modern. Um, players don't feel like a few times. I won't call out any names. Other, you know, he would say, "Why did you not run on that play? Is there a reason why?" You know, 
um, one of the Mitchell brothers, why, why were you not running on that drill? You, I mean, we've got to run. And so it, he, he asks them. It's not a berating. Uh, it's not foul language stuff. I mean, although I think some of that happens, but it, it's just um, it's a it's a positive way. And then when you see a guy get gotten onto some, then uh, another coach will usually circle back around and tell him this is why it happened. And I and I saw Ronnie Brewer do that. Yeah. Um, the one time um, the kid Barry Dunning, um, why did you why why weren't you fronting the post? Yep. We we were going to front the post on this and. He asked Barry why, and Barry gave an explanation. He says, well, we're going to front the post. And it's not, you know, it's not super harsh deal. And so, I don't know. I I got a very positive feeling out of the way everything was handled. Yeah. Backcourt, would you say, I think Nick Smith's, you know, probably the most likely on the roster to be a starter. Would you say Anthony Black's number two? Or how do you think, if you had to give an early guess to who might comprise those first five uh, in January even, who would would be your guesses? And I'll just go ahead and give you Nick Smith because I think we'd all put him on our list. Yeah, he's a, boy, he's a special talent. And when you Mm -hmm. think about all the talent, the, the, the ratings of these guys, there's a reason why you're a five-star basketball player. Your your agility, your athleticism, your shot, um, all that kind of stuff. And you, so you can see Jordan Walsh's athleticism um, as a uh, he's listed at six seven, two hundred pounder. You you see that um, he's got a chance to start. I, you know, one of the Mitchell brothers. They're going to be able to. They're going to be able to do their lineup. They can they can play really big. If both Mitchell boys are on the court and with Kamani at the same time, um, and they can play really small. I mean, Musselman pointed out yesterday, Devo Davis played some power forward for them um, in their tournament run a couple years ago. Power forward. And he's 6'4". So um, they're going to really be able to do matchup lineups. Um, I think Black would have a really good chance. I think he's got a ways to go defensively. Uh, but, man... What a nice-looking athlete. Um, here's a curveball in your question about who's going to start. Uh, Muss announced this yesterday. If you have been um, – uh, <laughs> if, if there's any reason you've been di- uh, disciplined, you will not be starting. Yeah. And if you've been asked to leave practice, you probably won't be starting for a few games. So uh, if we, if there's a guy who we really think is going to start and then he, he does, he's not a starter in the first game in Italy or Spain – then um, he might have been asked to leave practice during this time. One of the things I noticed yesterday, Tom, watching Nick Smith Jr.'s, he did not miss a three-point attempt that I watched. That's not to say during the practice he did not miss an attempt the entire time, but shooting is something (laughs) that really was hurting this team last year, but they still managed to get around it. Eric touched on that in the post-game press conference. Nick Smith Jr., Anthony Black, Joseph Pinion, how, how, do you think this team has a much better outlook when it comes to shooting the three ball this year? Yeah, they do. And and before this sounds like everything they do is just wonderful and great. They're going to win. You know, they're going to go to the final four. They do have some things to overcome, and and that was one of them. I looked up the stat. I think they ranked three twenty out of three hundred and fifty teams in three point shooting, and and must pointed out how how rare it was that you're in the final eight. And that's what your three-point shooting looked like. So they are determined to be a better three-point shooting team and a better shot-blocking team. They think they've added the pieces to do that. And, yes, I saw Nick Smith Jr. miss a three or two or a few. I mean, they, they, they jack up so many on that Warriors drill. 
that you know you can't be a thousand percent. But um, even even some guys who are freshmen like Pinion and uh, and Ford saw them making three pointers. So uh, I've got to think that they're going to be pushing more up to the thirty three thirty four percent mark on on three point shooting this year. You when when you look at Nick individually, no one's had this much hype stepping foot on campus overall since Mitch Mustaine in basketball. It's been Corliss. His coach Johnny Rice came on with us a couple months back and said Nick is the perfect person to handle that pressure. He mentioned at some point they're going to hit a wall as freshmen and that Devo is going to be a part. How, how important is Devonte Davis with Nick and Eric Mossman touching on his presence and and just his friendship he has with? what's assumed to be your best player. Yeah, that's a great point. And and it's a a wonderful thing that Devo Davis can do that. He's over there coaching, and uh, it must said yesterday that they stopped practice one day. They were doing some drill, and D- Devo Davis was over on the sideline coaching up the drill. And must stopped practice and said, why is he doing that? And he, he got a bunch of answers from the players. He says, the reason why is because he he's been doing an Elite Eight. He knows what it takes to get there. And, you know, the intensity and, and attention to, to the detail on the drill. And so he's, he's pointing out to the team, you know, listen to your teammate. This guy's been through it. Um, Nick Smith is, I saw him showing leadership in the huddles yesterday. Um, in addition to great ball handling skills and just being a, a guy who listens. I mean, must call him out for something yesterday. Um, I think it was not, not, def, not defending. In the backcourt, he had he had gone back to half court. So why are you not up here? We're de- we're defending all the way. So um, I, I, I c- leaders, freshmen who come in with great hype, who are great listeners and great leaders, and and great work ethic, uh, go go a long way. And must pointed out that uh, Moses Moody, as a freshman, was never late for anything that he went to. Showed up early, put in the time. And now, you know, he's an he's a NBA first-round pick. So uh, I think they feel like Nick Smith is going to follow in that mode. Yeah. Tom, we got a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you some football questions because looks like practice will start a week from tomorrow. What are some of the early things? I know they'll be in helmets and shorts, but other than roll call, what, what are the important things the first few days of Sam Pittman's camp that begins uh, looking like next Friday? Right. Well, it's to me, it's, they, they looked like they were in really nice form at the end of spring, um, and they brought in so many new guys. So it's how quickly can the guys who haven't been on campus, uh, you know, a couple receivers, a uh, couple O linemen, the guys who haven't been through it, uh, how well do they retain um, in, in what they've been able to, to, to learn, and how quickly can they kind of get back up into gear on not just the, the you know the rudimentary parts of you know you want to get through you know how we practice the, the tempo we practice and let's refine our, our our schemes let's refine our checks and if they can get through you know and saying in the first practice in pads they're going at a really good clip then uh, they could be ahead of the game yeah 
what can you be really good at? And I, to me, I think that they've got to be really good at running the ball with the running backs. Can you get first downs there until you really prove and develop that you can move the sticks through the passing game consistently? So I want to see how these running backs, Tom, uh, perform early in the camp. And I know until you get to a point where you're scrimmaging, that's hard to really read. But I think they're going to have to rely on those running backs more than we might think uh, early in the early in this season. Yeah, fully agreed. And here's the thing. They're rushing last year, y'all. It snuck up on me. I mean, you know that you knew they were good. You know that they have to get a little bit better on some short, you know, third and short, fourth and short conversions. Um, but with KJ, I mean, they they led the Power Five teams in rushing last year, and uh, you know the Texas game and a couple of others where they really blew it out. I think Ole Miss rushing that helped, but still, when you average what they did, two twenty something then you're a really good run team. Yeah. And if they can if they can lean on that, make teams honor that, then that's just going to help KJ have a, a little bit better windows, a little bit more man coverage to uh to work the pass game. Yeah, I mean, I know that 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 passing's flashy and fun, but man, the way they ran the ball against Penn State is uh is what breaks another team's will and if they could pick up kind of where they left off, that's a big if. Uh you know, they're they're going they're going to win some football games, moving the chains and scoring touchdowns running the football. No doubt about it, and they can just rotate. I mean, Dominic was a great – the way he came on last year was great. We know Rocket Sanders catching the ball great out of the backfield. A.J. Green, great speed. I mean, Dubinion had a really nice spring. They've got options at tailback. All right, Tom, we'll talk a lot of football next week. We'll uh, talk to you on Tuesday when you join us next. Outstanding. Talk to you all, man. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. He's with us twice a week, and yeah, we're a week out from – from fall camp or fall practice or August camp, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be 109 wanna, degrees. But uh, do you want to relabel it right here, right now? <laughs> no, no one's going to follow. Probably follow my lead, but it just needs to be preseason camp. It's too many words; it doesn't flow off the tongue like fall camp. But it, there's nothing fall about. Uh, even the the reprieve we'll get this weekend, it's going to heat up next week and be brutal out there. It did time out for Peacemaker this mm-hmm. weekend. Looking at the weather, I was debating if I'm going to wear jeans or not tomorrow night and Saturday. My and mine end up doing that. I wasn't planning on doing it with being like 100 or 90, but since it's going to get down in like the 80s and 70s, I think I can get away with it. Might want to wear an umbrella or a rain suit. Yeah. Which you might want to take along with you as well. But boy, do we need the rain? We uh. Sure wouldn't complain about that. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Hey parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.